Welcome back uh, to the Keep It Simple podcast. Uh, Today is episode seven. It's hard to believe that we're seven weeks into this thing, but each episode has been amazing and unique. Uh, We have enjoyed it and have enjoyed receiving your feedback. Uh, Today's a special day. Uh, We have one of my closest friends uh, for the past decade, I guess, Brooke Kitchens, on um, to have a conversation about authenticity and community and uh, Brooke is the uh, director of student ministries, uh, the youth pastor at Trinity United Methodist Church in Warner Robins, Georgia, has been there for a decade, uh, which is almost unheard of anymore. And so we're going to lean into that some uh, today on the podcast, going to talk about Brooke's story, how in the world she ended up um, in Warner Robins, Georgia, and then the thread of, of authentic community uh, that weaves through both her story and her work. So, Brooke, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm so tickled uh, to have you this morning. Yeah, excited to be here. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Yeah. So um, uh, let's start just kind of with you, just kind of give a brief introduction. A lot of the folks in Middle Georgia know you, um, but in the past seven weeks, we have picked up um, listeners uh, from all over. And so there's a growing number of people who do not kind of know our tribe. So if you would just take a few minutes, kind of introduce yourself, um, explain to folks where you fit into all of this craziness. Okay. So I'm Brooke. Um, like you said, I'm the youth director at Trinity, been there 10 years, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, um, 36 even crazier to think about yeah um you think you you still feel 20 until you're around people who are 20 and then you're like yeah i'm not i'm not 20 anymore yeah it's kind of a weird thing um um have a big family very very close to my family mm-hmm. uh, four siblings i have three nieces who i just love and a little nephew and um I guess I, I fit into everything through the space between where we started doing uh, co-leadership with a young adult college age ministry and did a lot of stuff with youth work together. So, mm-hmm. and really, so my Does that answer the question. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Uh, really my earliest memories of you actually. So you remember Jared Middleton put together that youth workers network thing and uh, Jared's mm-hmm. going to be on hopefully next week. So that'll be a, a cool tie. And, and um, mm-hmm. but Jared, I don't know what year was that. Do you remember what year did you come to middle Georgia? 13, 2013. 2013. And so um, Jared Middleton was doing youth work over in Dublin, uh, which is about an hour away, maybe East of us. And, um, 45 minutes or an hour and Jared is a networker, right? So he's gifted in relationships. It's going to be fun. It's a little mm-hmm. nerve wracking to have him on because there's no telling what he may say. Um, you don't know what he'll say. You never know. I know you don't saying. edit, but you might have to edit. You know, I, I've stuck to my guns. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, he's a networker, loves Jesus. And so Jared um, put together this network of youth pastors and it, he just started reaching out to people who were doing youth work kind of all over middle Georgia and literally all over middle and South Georgia. And, um, it seemed like a central location was at Perry, I think was, uh, 
mm-hmm. where those uh, meetings were. And so anyway, that was my first recollection of you, a little gangly thing that showed up, you know, kind of fresh off the fresh off the truck and, and, uh, happy and peppy and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, so encouraging and, and, uh, so anyhow that, so through that, I guess we met and, um, you were doing student ministry at Trinity. I was at first, um, Michael Hernandez. Yeah. So we, how I just hit my knee. So we, uh, you and I and Michael Hernandez and Terry Reynolds had met for a joint youth beach retreat that had been planned before right. I was hired. Yeah, I was hired was there. Yeah. I was hired in April. And then, and they're like, oh, by the way, in June, you're taking all these kids to Panama City and you're doing it with three other churches. I was like, okay. Yeah. So I, I met with y'all. And yeah. then when, and through that, um, y'all had that thing that Jared started. Yeah. And so y'all invited me to join y'all with that. I had f- completely forgotten about the joint beach trip. Yeah. 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 And so you, so I, so like we would carpool, the Warner Robins people would carpool mm-hmm. uh, down to um, Perry for the, the networking that it was called youth workers. Was that what it was called? I don't have any idea. Jared probably had some nifty name for it, but I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah. But, but, um, it's just so cool how, how God works because community is a gift to us. Mm-hmm. Community is a, a huge way. I think in how God says, I love you and mm-hmm. him putting bright people and the ways that he himself is in, like his spirit is in those people and how he ministers to us and loves us through people. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool how God worked because I, I was called in youth ministry, very excited, but I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I can, I remember my first night thinking, what have I got myself into? <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, yeah. but God just, he, he just knows what he's doing. And so through, that that joint youth beach retreat that George had put into place mm-hmm. that God had led them to do was such, such a huge equipping for me because that was how I met you and Big Mike and Terry and Jared. And then and then through that charity, who was one of my best friends, who I'm going to be her maid of honor in mm-hmm. December. Yes, you, you know. Yeah. And so it's it all goes back to a joint beach trip but it really goes back to god putting community in my life and in a place where i didn't know anybody in warner robins georgia Mm -hmm. and you know this ministry can be a very lonely place Mm -hmm. um which doesn't sound like that would make sense but when you are the one in charge and you are the one doing all the time it can be very lonely Mm -hmm. Because you're the point person mm-hmm. and everyone's always coming to you, coming to you. So to have other people who were doing what I was doing and being able to pour into me and encourage me when I, when I really didn't know what I, yeah. <laughs> what I was doing yeah. has led to, I mean, the faithfulness of God has led to 10 years mm-hmm. of loving and pouring into kids mm-hmm. and, and, and living life with students. So it's, it's, 
it's so cool how God chooses to work. Yeah, there's so much in there. Um, gosh, there's so much in there. Uh, the first thing is the the, and we'll just spend just a second here. So talking about the loneliness or whatever you want to call it of ministry, um, until people are in it, they don't realize it. And, and the amount of feedback we've gotten just in seven weeks or six weeks from people who are in the trenches, whether that be vocationally or volunteer wise, because volunteers are just as much in it as we are. Right. I mean, they oh, are, yeah. we can't do are, it without them. They are invested. And the amount of feedback that, that I've gotten from people who are in ministry vocationally and uh, volunteer wise who have been encouraged to realize, okay, these things that I'm thinking or these things that I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing is normal. Like there's nothing the matter with me or I didn't miss my call or, you know, kind of in that vein to know that, that that's normal. And that is where community comes in and you touched on so many things. So charity has been on. So our faith, the people who are faithful have seen and heard charity now. And um, mm -hmm. last week I had my friend Brandon on, and um, the reason I talk about that is is Brandon and then and then Kathy Atkins, who will be on in a couple weeks. Um, those two have been the beginning of that community for me here. You know, we made the big move from South Georgia out to the Midwest, and mm -hmm. um, you know, it was COVID, right? And uh, so everything's locked down. Nobody's really getting together much at all. And then that releases and you begin to look around and you're like, oh my gosh, like I've got a whole community of people that I'm responsible for to, to lead and love. But then on, on the personal side, like where we were uh, in our group of people, it's like, okay, I got to get busy and mm -hmm. um, creating that. So uh, yeah. So um, George uh, who was Widden, who was before you at Trinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I love George. I do too. He's amazing. Uh, I I, it's hard for me to pronounce the name of their candle company. What is it? Modero. Modero. So if you listen to this, you want to support a small family-owned Christian business and get amazing fragrances out of candles, uh, Modero. Uh, do you know how Modero. to spell it? You're the brains of this In outfit. Yeah, M-O-D-E-R-O. M-O-D-E-R-O. They're in Albany, yeah. Georgia. You can look I them up. I think it's Modero Candle Co., like Candle yeah. Company. Madero Candle Co. Uh, on our social media, you can find them through who we're following. But anyway, uh, helpful plug for George, I hope. But mm -hmm. So George was your predecessor. We had put together this joint beach trip. We always, and you still are, we're always about trying to get teenagers, Christians, teens together because these kiddos are passing themselves. They're passing one another in the halls every day, and they don't know that they're on the same team. Like They don't know that they're on the same mm -hmm. side. And so our heart in that for as long as all of us were together was to do these events to get these kids together where they realize oh my gosh you're in my second period class and and I had no idea that you were a believer too you know and that kind of even if it's just eye contact in the hall and mm -hmm. a, kind of a knowing smile you know um for them to know that there are other sincere Christians um in the same boat that they're in is incredibly uh, healthy in my opinion. Yeah. So oh, we, yeah. we had that beach trip set up. What I do remember about that were the t-shirts. <clears throat> do you remember those t-shirts? <laughs> 
I think the idea was probably good, maybe, but the shirts were like, like were they matches or sticks of wood? They were matches. Matches, and on the body of the matches was each church's name. Yeah. And the matches came together, and there was a big flame. But do you remember the name of the deal? Burn together. Burn together. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled that shirt out of that box. Legal disclaimer: We had nothing to do with the design. I, we had nothing, yeah. but but who what who did it was very excited about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just remember and, like, and I, I remember you, <laughs> you were like, I don't care. Uh, I I don't. However, we want to do these shirts. I don't have any input. The only thing I will say is I do not want it to be a black colored t shirt just because. I don't, t- which you are today, but yeah. you're like, I typically, they, they're hot. We're going to be at the beach. Yeah. It's, we're going to have that, those gilded heavy cotton shirts, you know. So yeah. my preference is a light colored, maybe a beachy beach, feel, yeah. something like that. <laughs> they were black t-shirts. It was the gildan ultra heavy. <laughs> I mean, that sucker felt like a cardboard box and black. And it said burn together, which is a great theory, but uh, great in theory, I think. But anyhow, it's funny. Well, it's kind of like when you get, it's kind of like when you get into, uh, we have our own jargon and our own language as Christians. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like Christianese. Yeah. 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 And so for a believer, that makes sense. But for someone who doesn't know Jesus, yeah. Burn together my foot. I ain't yeah. like, uh-uh. yeah. <laughs> crazy. Like, yeah. I'm not doing that. And that's what a lot of folks, I think, miss out on is the whole reason you print shirts. I mean, yeah, you want the students to have them and to remember the trip, but really more than anything, they're conversation starters. I mean, if they wear, we put, I know that you do too, but we put so much time and effort into so designing nice. those things and trying to get them right two parts number one so the kids have a have something to remember you know the trip and that especially if it was impactful spiritually but every bit as much trying to get it right so that they'll actually wear it to school or to a Mm -hmm. football game or to other things so that their friends will start to ask questions and it opens the door and gives them a it's the same thing that we're doing so you're wearing the listen more shirt that's a simplify shirt uh Mm -hmm. i've got on the original it's the same thing that we do with our goods you know they're there they exist just to for reminders for us but also to start conversations so and i don't know if people have caught on to this or not but all of our short sleeve, long sleeve, and sweatshirts, hoodies are nine ninety nine on the website right now. I haven't publicized that. Um, nine ninety nine. I mean, ten bucks, man. And uh, ten so bucks. Anyhow, if you're interested in any of that and supporting what we're doing or helping spread the word, uh, head over to simplifyprojectco.com. Get them. Get them while you can. Yeah. So seven seven episodes in. That's the first plug of that. Uh, which is interesting enough. So let's get back to you. So um, you showed up 26 years old, 25 years old, 26 years old. Um, 25 about to turn 26. 25 about to be 26. And Within a few months, I would have been 26. So lead lead us through, if you don't mind, kind of the years where, you know, high school, where were you? College, where were you? How did you end up in middle Georgia? 
uh, more specifically, how did you end up at Trinity? What role mm-hmm. did authenticity and relationship play in each of those phases and stages and seasons? You know, how was God, how was God influencing you, growing you, stretching you, um, leading you? Uh, how did, mm-hmm. how did that play out? Okay, so in the year of our Lord, 1987, I was born. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) In the year of our Lord. Right this moment, right this moment, Charity Lucas is rolling her eyes and reaching for the power button. (laughs) Don't do it, Charity. Um, Yeah, so I was, so I'm originally from Georgia. Yeah. From Twiggs County. Uh, not deep Twiggs County, but Twiggs County. Yeah. And um, my mama loves Jesus, and we always went to church. We went. I grew up at Swift Creek United Methodist Church. It's a little church. It's still there. And the summer before my senior year of high school, we moved to North Carolina, mm. which is such a I mean, just just think about the summer before your senior year of high school. It's mm-hmm. such a important time in your life. It's a big milestone. It's a it's right on the cusp of major life transition. And we moved two states away. My dad worked at uh, Brown and Williamson, so any of the any of the Middle Georgia people listening to this will probably know it was this huge factory, and they they merged with another big company. Only a handful of people were offered the job and my dad was one of them. And so he took it. And so I was, I just remember, I remember being so upset and I remember crying like on the drive up, like when we actually moved, Yeah. I just remember crying <laughs> because I just, I was so upset. And then that, even that summer, I was hardly even there because uh, my older sisters were married and moved out. So they were still in Georgia. My best friend, from fifth grade was in Georgia and I spent most summer at her house. Like that first summer in my, in the new house, I wasn't even there. Cause I'm just like bump this and then start high school. And, that, and that's another thing. I was homeschooled from sixth grade through 11th grade. Mm-hmm. And, um, so my, the only, <laughs> the only year of public high school I ever attended was my senior year. And it was a new year. Um, and so, but I loved it. I always said like I had all the fun stuff without all of the, just get me out of here mm-hmm. mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we moved, we, my mom's first thing was like, we got to find a church. And I remember I was the only one willing to go with her mm-hmm. to church out of my family. Cause everyone else was just like, like scared, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like open page or like, we hate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my dad's just trying to get settled into work. And so I can remember going with mom, trying all churches. And then we went to this one little church and it reminded us a lot of our church back home. And we started going, they had a, a really amazing youth group, got really, really involved with that youth group, um, finished out high school, stayed local to do community college because again, uprooted, right before your senior year, it totally changed anything I had in mind as far as college. And like, I don't know that we don't know the colleges up there. I'm the, I'm the, I was the first one out of my siblings to go to college. So it's like my, my parents, neither of my parents went to college. 
so we move and then you have this kid who needs to go to college. They're just trying to get settled. And they're like, we don't even know what to do kind of. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, ended up doing community college to get my associates. And so since I was still local, I was still helping with the youth group. Oh, cool. So I would help the youth director kind of like as an assistant, um, almost like an intern, I guess. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I definitely helped her. I would plan events and I would do things and I would help chaperone and all kind of stuff. So in and through that process with us moving and us going on the very first, the very first mission trip I ever went to after I moved, that was when I was called into youth ministry. Oh, wow. So God used that move and in, in the community he put in my life at that time in a way that literally has affected the rest of my life and my eternity. I mean, mm -hmm. because when you're 18 years old called into ministry, you really start trying to figure out who God really is. Mm -hmm. um, like, okay, I say yes, but what am I, like, what am I saying yes to? Yeah. I remember saying yes, in it, but I didn't know what I was saying yes to. So then, continue to help with youth ministry locally while I get my associates. Then I transfer to App State University, go Mountaineers. <laughs> um, amazing school, beautiful campus. Uh, but I got plugged into Campus Christian Fellowship, mm -hmm. which was which was a campus ministry. And in those years at App State, in that community of CCF is where I took total ownership of my faith. Yeah. I'd always loved God. God was never a question. And I, I really view that as like generational faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Like I heard someone say this. And so I want to encourage any Christians who you don't have the rock bottom testimony story mm -hmm. and you can feel like it's not good enough. That is a testament of God's generational faithfulness. Amen. Yeah, to be raised true. in a Christian home is a blessing. Yeah. And to never doubt God's existence is a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, it is a huge gift. And so I had never, um, the reality of God was never really a question for me, but taking ownership of my faith for my faith, not because we went to church, mm -hmm. not because I was in a youth group, not because mom sang in a choir, you know, like it was, it was my mine. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that happened at CCF with Jim Musser and Mariana Musser, amazing uh, couple, Grant Foster, Daniel Andrews, amazing people who really, really, really poured into college students. Mm -hmm. And uh, college can be a very dark place, extremely dark, uh, a lot of spiritual warfare <laughs> in college. And so I always encourage my students once they graduate to get plugged into a campus ministry. Yeah, it can be a dark place, but it can also be a light place. And that, you know, that's one thing that might be, well, we'll finish your, your story and how you ended up to middle Georgia, but help me remember, cause you know me best. I'll forget, mm -hmm. but that's a great segue eventually into the space between, but um, I can't tell you how many students we graduated that we harped on. I mean, just beat them over the head with you, please. In that first six weeks on campus, please try please, just visit. Please. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's inconvenient. Just please try. Very few did. 
um, a higher number later in life, sometimes even after graduation and once they're in the workforce, would come full circle back and say, you know what, you, to the point that you bugged me, you tried your best to get me to go to, to a student ministry and I just wouldn't because it was uncomfortable. I didn't know anybody. If I could change one thing about my college career, it would be that I would have mm-hmm. connected with a really solid uh, Christian um campus mm-hmm. ministry you know so um yeah yeah so because if they're listening being, to this i know that you got a ton of kids that'll listen to this for sure um i'm not obviously in student ministry anymore but if you are listening to this and you're college aged and you're in school on campus somewhere or even if you're at a community school find mm-hmm. a local christian college ministry and mm-hmm. please give it a try just try it try yeah. several yeah Try them out. Try go yeah. to go to as many as you need to go to. Yes. So because it can be a dark place, but it can, like you said, it can. For me, it turned into be one of the most yeah enriching, light filled, yeah, life giving yeah places. Some of the most Absolutely. some of the most formational years spiritually, literally, truly of your life. Like if you, truly, if you get into a really solid, well led, spirit driven campus ministry in your freshman year by the time you're like i think about wesley at at uga um you get connected to something like that and you come out the other side of that and you are you're ready i mean life's Mm -hmm. still life but the equipping that goes on in places like that um cannot be understated i guess so you're at app, uh, you get connected, there's spiritual formation, you earn your degree. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so people, a lot of folks don't know this, the folks that are closest to our group, you know, do, but you're the smartest of all of us. Like you are, you're literally, I make a joke. It's always been a joke. You know, you're, you're, uh, the brains of the outfit, you know? So when it comes to intellect and, and just aptitude, um, of our circle, you're without question the brains of the outfit. So you, you go to app, it's spiritually forming, but you also mm-hmm. earn your degree. Uh, what was it mm-hmm. like being the first of your family uh, to earn a college degree that had to have felt really good? It, it was it was really good. I still remember. It's so funny how some things you just really remember. I remember graduation. I remember being so excited, which I get excited. I, I things make me. I, I'm an excitable person. Yes, you are. But I just I remember being so excited and being in that big convocation center, and uh, Mama and Daddy and Hope and Paige were there, and uh, I was texting them to find out like where they were, and I could I could find them in the stands, and they had sat. Uh, kind of behind the stage so when I walked up the ramp they could see me mm-hmm. um, and I remember like waving at him and then Chancellor Peacock I remember like hugging him and and there's this picture of me like I grabbed his shoulder to like the thank you and go to him for a hug and like <laughs> my sister's like you had like such a death grip on that man's shoulder <laughs> like you were so excited <laughs> But I was so excited to graduate, so I graduate and um, a degree in secondary education. So I'm like certified to teach high school social studies because, again, I was called into ministry, but I was doing like the Brooke plan. Mm-hmm. Like wherever I'll be, whatever church I'll end up, I'll just help in youth ministry. 
Like mm-hmm. full-time youth ministry wasn't on the radar at all. I, I didn't honestly sound silly. I didn't know full-time youth ministry existed because I'd been in such small churches. Mm-hmm. It was always part-time roles or volunteer led. Yeah. So I was just like, wherever I'll be, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So I graduate with my degree. Um, really excited, really proud of myself. Um, and then I couldn't get a job. <laughs> like yeah. I couldn't get a couldn't get an interview, really A, t- a teaching job then? I mean, yeah. you said, yeah. Yeah, so I like graduate and then, you know, you're applying. Because you got all these fairs ahead of time. You apply and you're sending out your resume. To, I just remember spending hours every day emailing out my resume and applying for jobs. And that summer I had one interview. Wow. And I just remember being really stressed out. And I... I mean, so, so stressed out and I have TMJ, which is annoying. I clench my teeth when I sleep. So I have like a lot of uh, pain in my jaw and like a lot of inflammation. It got so bad because I was so stressed. I couldn't open my mouth. I had to go get physical therapy on my face. For somebody that talks (laughs) as much as you do, that had to have been excruciating. It was horrible. And, And I remember having to go to get physical therapy on my face. And one of the guys I went to high school with, who was like the popular guy, he was the one having to do it. And it was like the most embarrassing. And I'm like, here's this guy. And he went to school. He got his degree. Like he's doing his job. And like, I can't even get a job and I can't open my mouth. (laughs) And so it was just this moment of just being like so upset. And But it was all God knew what he was doing, totally knew what he was doing. And he and he had the people in place um to to lead me back to Georgia. So mm-hmm. I was asked to be homecoming speaker at my little church I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So I can't so I came down for that and then So two sisters were still living they were married yeah. and living in Georgia. Yeah. So, so bringing there was Holly, connection there. Yeah. So okay. I come down to be homecoming speaker and um it's going to sound really silly, but like they filmed the Vampire Diaries, a TV show in Georgia. And my sister's like, we can be an extra on the Vampire Diaries. So and that's like, something that some people know about you, but a lot of people do not. So you've been in a lot I've of movies, some cool a lot movies. Of movies. Yeah, as an extra, as background. Yeah, it's really fun. So we, we have been see- friends for years. I mean, I don't even know how many years we had been friends. And one day we were sitting in a group of people, like probably at Space Between or something, and somebody said something about was it the Hunger Games? Maybe I don't know. And and you maybe. were like, and you were like, I was in that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I was in that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're yeah, like, oh, yeah. And then, fire. And then you went through the whole thing and and f- it pulled it up on your phone and found yourself, and you're like, there I am. And I'm like, oh wow, you actually are in that. So yeah. Yeah, so they do a lot of filming in Georgia because of tax yeah. breaks. Yeah, and um, and you can you can be an extra, you can be background, and they it's so fun. You get to see how movies and shows are filmed. You can interact with pretty phenomenal actors and actresses. You get free food, which is usually pretty good. Um, Tyler Perry, they feed you ribs at his studio. So. That's what I'm talking about. Um. Even if you don't work that day, even if the scene's canceled, they still feed you and send you home wow. and they still pay you. And um, you, you get to just 
you get the paid. So I come down, I preach at the church. My sister's like, let's be on the Vampire Diaries because she had done it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but how will I get home? Because mom and daddy had to go back home. And she said, we'll figure it out. And literally, I'm still here. Ten years, ten so years you later. came down to preach homecoming at Swift Creek. Yeah. Your sister talked you into hanging out to be an extra on a vampire show. Yeah. And you never left. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I never left. So, so, so then how do you get from the vampire show to where you met us in student ministry? Yeah, so I was I was staying with my sister. Uh, we did that, and then and then there was like there was a lot of filming and a, a lot of shows, and so I was doing that because it was really fun and I was making money because I was still trying to figure out what to do. Were you and applying I, for teaching jobs still, or no? Yeah, in yeah. Georgia and I or even, in North Carolina. Well, I was still applying for North Carolina because I hadn't made like the mm-hmm. the like the the full transition, but mm-hmm. I was, my sister was like, you know what? Why don't you just, just, just move in with us and just stay and you can get, look for a job down here. You're not getting nothing up there mm-hmm. and you, and things are going well. So, so she offered that to me and it was crazy, but it was, I just had such a peace about it. And I was like, okay, you know, I prayed about it. I'm like, okay, I just feel like, I feel like I'm just supposed to be here for now. And that's so uncharacteristic, like knowing you very well. Oh, I worry. I worry about everything. Yeah, yeah. that I is not normal. Yeah, for you to say, okay, and actually do that is it's, not, yeah. Yeah, it's totally not. It's yeah. I stew over everything. And I was like, okay. And and then my, the, my pastor at my church in North Carolina he sent me this thing. He's like, hey, there is a ministry event. It's called Summons to Ministry. It's at Epworth by the Sea. Since you're in Georgia, we're going to pay for you to go. We, we feel like oh, you wow. need to go to that. I never knew so that. I'm like, so I'm like, okay. And Which and, Epworth um, by the Sea is in? St. Simons Island in yeah, Georgia. St. Simons Island, Georgia. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> But then, um, and and I had like an old uh, 95, 1995 Nissan Sentra GXE, and it had like at that point it already had two hundred thousand miles on it, and um, I can remember my mom being like, "I'm not so sure. We're we're nervous about you driving down there in your car, mm-hmm. and and um, and you don't know anybody, and blah blah blah." So the the conference essentially organized for me to carpool with people from Macon that were going. I oh, rode with wow. people I I didn't even know. <laughs> to get no, down I could see you doing that. I mean that and, that is yeah. within your. That didn't phase me. Yeah. And I go to this thing and I leave it even more confused. Okay, so I was expecting the epiphany at at Epworth, but no. No, okay. I'm more confused because I'm like. I already know I wanted. I already know I want to do youth ministry because in college youth ministry was solidified. Okay. But then they're talking about college ministry, and I had felt such a strong desire for college ministry, and I knew how formative it had been for me. Yeah. But youth and college don't mix. 
you get safe sanctuary guidelines, mm-hmm. you get age. I mean, that you don't do both of those together. You do mm-hmm. one or the other. Mm-hmm. So I leave it confused. Like, well, now I'm even more conflicted. And mm-hmm. all the while I'm doing TV shows and movies. So I'm just kind of like, and I'm doing substitute teaching. And, and it's just all over the map. Like, God, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, well, so I had long, met. How long did that last? So, from the time you came down to preach at Swift Creek until the time of Epworth and the confusion, are we talking about a few weeks? Are we talking about a few months? Are we talking about a few years? Uh, a couple of months. A couple of months. It was a few okay. months. Okay. So, I met Jay Tucker, who was a pastor at yeah. that event. Who is actually going to be doing Charity's Wedding? Marion. Charity and Drew, yeah, because he was and, the campus pastor at Georgia Southern. Yep, and later the lead pastor at Bon Air. Yep. So in a weird way, yeah, Jay helped lead me to Charity, which is one of my best friends. Wow, how? So I meet Jay. He uh, he, I give it like he asked for contact information and stuff with with ministry things. Blah blah blah. I don't know this. Um, apparently he was, he saw something in me. Mm-hmm. He it's contacted Epworth. At Epworth. Okay. So you're confused. In the dining hall. So you're confused, but you have no idea that the Lord's working through Jay. Okay. I'm with oh, you. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm talking to him and he, he sees something in me and he contacts Trinity United Methodist Church, gives, gives them my contact information. He said, he knows that Trinity's looking for a youth director. Mm-hmm. He contacts them, gives them my info, and says, "I found the girl for your position." Wow! And so I get an email from a church I've never heard of, mm-hmm. asking me to come in for an interview to be a youth director mm-hmm. full time. Mm-hmm. And I remember emailing back and being like, "Thank you so much for uh, contacting me. I'm gonna." I'm going to pray about it and see if I want to interview. And then within like five minutes, I emailed back. I'm like, I'll come to the, because it's like, as I send it, I'm like, no, you need to go to this interview. Yeah. So I go to the interview and then I get a second interview and then I get hired. So was that with Bill? Did Bill hire you? Yeah, that was with Bill Bagwell. Bill was amazing. He really is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, He, apparently he told them, he told me this after the fact. Um, but he told them if they didn't hire me that, cause he had been, uh, appointed to move mm-hmm. that ju- the June, the following June. Mm-hmm. And he had told him like, if you don't hire her, I'm taking her with me. Wow. So he was really sweet, really supportive, really, <clears throat> really like fought on my behalf. Like you need to hire her. And the flip side of that. So George, uh, had an incredible opportunity to go home. So George was from Albany originally, born and raised down in that area, and mm-hmm. and uh, had been commuting over the road back and forth. I mean, he was extending himself um, mm-hmm. to places that at times were unhealthy, like depleting. And he had an opportunity open up to go back to Albany at um, a really solid church to do student ministry and be home, you know, and so that happened. And then, and then Bill's niece, Emily actually filled in. She had just graduated um, from college or seminary, seminary, I think. And she came for a season 
because I remember mm-hmm. doing some type of joint something um, with her, something that I'd already planned with George. Uh, and then you show up. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, my gosh, you walked in that first time and happy and peppy <laughs> and rainbows and unicorns. And you were you're you were all the way up. I mean, you were if it's all the if, way, if it was zero to 10, you were on a 12. And, oh, yeah, uh, I, was, I was I was ready. You were all the things and you came in and I thought, oh, <clears> my <throat> gosh, I'm not sure how this is going to go. <laughs> so so you start there at trinity and um have you yeah. thought any more in any of that about gosh i've earned a degree in this but now it looks like that is opening you know so many times with young people um i say young people uh college and career age people you know um, we were just talking about this yesterday in the car ride over to kansas city with a group of friends for a training event. And we were talking about how high schoolers, you know, your senior year of high school, well-meaning adults begin to say, you know, congratulations on graduation. Like, what are your plans? Where are you going to go to school? What are you going to major in? And it freaks them out. And so many kids, I mean, that it goes back to like, so there's Christians who think, oh, my testimony is vanilla. Like, I don't really have a testimony because I haven't been on the jailhouse floor. And mm-hmm. it's to your point earlier, it's like baloney, like the fact that you have come through relatively unscathed. I mean, to be human mm-hmm. is to hurt. Right. And so right. there's going to be hurt. There's going to be hills and valleys. But to not have the jailhouse floor experience is a testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then beyond that. Um, you know, when you get into this place where there are people, this is what we were talking about yesterday. There are people that when they're seven, eight, nine years old, you know, whatever, 10 years old, like they know what they want to be. They feel like they know exactly what they're supposed to do with their lives. And that doesn't change. I mean, it's not like, Mm -hmm. what do you want to be when you grow up? An astronaut, you know, or whatever. It's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. And that never changes. I mean, their Mm -hmm. track is laid out. And there's, what a gift. But then there's a greater percentage of the population that you get to high school and and you've experienced, we've talked about this a lot, but well-meaning adults. um, Hey, you know, congratulations, graduation's coming up. Where are you going to school? What are you going to major in? What are you going to do with your life? And kids are like, ah, you know, like, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even comfortable calling to order a pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want me to know what I'm doing with my life? Yes, and so then there's this pressure. I won't even right? go to the dentist by myself. And you want me to know yeah. what to do? And so there's this pressure, right? And so then kids, they I keep saying kids, but young folks go to school, and then it's like this, whether conscious or subconscious, there's this pressure, like, I need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And then they declare a major, and then they earn a degree, and then they end up working in a field that's not even close to whatever their education's in because all the while the Lord's trying to lead, you know, and but they've got like the Brook plan, you know, they've got this yeah. plan. And so if you're listening to this, uh, younger folks who are listening to this, you don't have to have it all figured out. You know, like really Wick, my oldest right now is a freshman at MU here, University of Missouri. And I've been telling him for two years, you know, you don't have to figure it out. Go work on your core 
curriculum. And when you get into your junior year of college, if you're still undecided, get a degree in business or finance or something that's relatively broad, you know, that will equip you and, and keep your doors open, keep, stay prayed up. And, um, so you end up, you don't have to have it figured out. No, gosh, no. I mean, half the time I still don't have it figured out. I I was about to say, I still don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lord, what we doing today? Yeah, you wake up every day and you're like, God, you got to show up. If you show up, I'll follow, but you got to show up, you know. And uh, But anyway, so you have a degree in teaching or whatever the degree is, education. Yeah, secondary education, so high school. Secondary education, but you end up in student ministry. Is there still a wrestling match in your head like, I'm doing this, but – I want to be doing that or I'm uh, my degrees in that I need to keep trying this or was it like this is the way the Lord's opened these doors no more thought about that it's like I'm all in here what was that like it was I, I very much felt I was where I was supposed to be yeah I felt I felt a total peace about it um and and I didn't feel this nagging in the back of me like you still need to apply you still need to look at schools you still need to to do all of that yeah um so it was it was i it was definitely god Mm -hmm. working because i just felt like okay this is right Mm -hmm. this is where i'm supposed to be Um, maybe initially there was a little bit of like, what am I doing? Cause I had this a degree and I'm not using it. And almost some guilt in like, my parents paid a lot of money for me to get a degree that I'm not using. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's, and it's so interesting to kind of have those thoughts. And it was probably like four months ago, I was talking to my mom. I don't even know how we we're talking. She was talking about asking me about, do I think about going to app and, was that good for me? And, and I told her like, it was so good for me and mm-hmm. in my spiritual formation and, and who I am, like all of that happened there. And, and the learning that I got that just, I, I definitely believe in furthering your education, whether it's collegiate or trade school or, mm-hmm. or whatever, like, but continuing to, to go and grow is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it just helps shape and form you. But we just had this conversation about it and, and she was able to speak into the fact without me even talking about it, but like not don't feel guilty that you're not doing what you your degree is in because you're doing what God called you to do. And we helped be a part of that hmm. because going to app was a part of that. And hmm. and so that's just so that's cool. Cause you know, you have these things like, Man, I probably should pay my parents back. Oh yeah. And then you're yeah. and then you're like, But I'm in ministry and I don't even make enough to pay my parents yeah. <laughs> to ever yeah, pay yeah. my parents back. Yeah. So, so building off of the app idea and going back to this idea of the formation that happened in those years. So the four of us, me and you, Michael Hernandez and Terry Reynolds, were we at Cheddar's? If I got that right in my brain, we met for lunch. Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Of course it was. I don't even use Your favorite. I don't even use the word hate, but I hate the Olive Garden. Um, I love, I love, I love Olive Garden. No wonder I tried to make it cheddars in my brain. 
And geographically, for those that don't know, those places are pretty close together in Warner Robins. But anyway, so the four of us end up at the Olive Garden, yuck, to try to plan this joint beach trip, right? Mm -hmm. But instead, the entire, literally the whole lunch is about College college, college and career age ministry. And literally from that lunch, which we thought we were meeting to talk about a joint beach trip, Mm -hmm. literally from that lunch, the space between was birthed. I mean, like we walked away. The timing of all that was so interesting because earlier that summer, I'd led our group to big stuff camps down in Panama City. A guy named Reggie Joyner was doing a breakout for youth pastors and, and adult volunteers in that breakout, he was sharing statistics about the number of of high school graduates. I still remember it was eighty six percent. Eighty six percent of high school seniors walk away from a life of organized faith at high school graduation, and mm-hmm. of that eighty six percent, only thirty three percent return to a life of organized faith, and it's after the birth of their first child. Yeah. So there was this gap in the sidewalk, which I don't know if you even know this, but we almost, I almost named that ministry, the gap in the sidewalk. Um, I feel like you had told that book, which would have been incredibly dumb, but there was this, there was this gap in the (laughs) sidewalk. There was this gap in the sidewalk between high school graduation and a 30 something year, 20, 20, late twenties, early thirties, having their first child. Yeah. 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 And I remember in that moment, like sitting there in that room in freaking Panama City, listening to Reggie, thinking, what are we doing? Like, we're spending every ounce of all that we are to try all that we are to try to disciple kiddos only to get them to this place and then they disappear, and 50% of them will never come back to the church um, or an organized life of faith. So, that, that happened that summer. And right on the heels of that, or the next spring, winter, whatever the timing was, is when yes, we en- we end up sitting down trying to figure this. And and in that time, we at first we launched a, a standalone college and career deal, um, which was rough. It was mm-hmm. so rough we couldn't figure it out. We were trying to make it work, and. Um, and I remember we would have youth group from 5 to 8 p.m. And then we had an hour to flip the room and get everything cleaned and reset. And then the college and career kids came at 9. And we were together yeah. from 9 to 12. So youth, like ministry was basically, so after having two services that morning in Sunday school, so early service, Sunday school, late service, mm-hmm. hustle home, eat, change clothes. It's like a 15, 16 hour day. Come back, youth at five and you're done. Like the last college career person leaves at midnight. And it, we did that for months and months, um, just trying to figure out, gain traction. Um, And then we meet to plan this thing. And from that, the space between is birthed. And so what we found out in that lunch was that we had these pockets of college career age people who were local um mm-hmm. and we had none six of us had a, none of us had enough 
No, yeah, we had own. six or eight, and y'all had six or eight, and you know, each place had between four and ten people in that demographic, and none of us had enough to gain the traction to, to really get going, and so we pulled them. We we put everybody together, um, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, then we've got you know twenty four to forty, depending on the night. Uh, I think it was in that time. Maybe we moved it to Thursday nights. Um, yeah. And it, I yeah, mean, when we decided to combine and all help lead it, uh, we we started meeting on Thursday nights, and it was just, it was a, it was such a sweet time. That was, that was good. That was the community there was so cool because for um, when when you serve in ministry wherever you're at, you're not necessarily filled there because right. you're on right. and you're working. Right. And for me to be as fresh and new in youth ministry as I was, and then to help um, co-lead the space between which was God giving me the desires of my heart. I went to Epworth. I'm like, I want college. I want youth. I know I'm doing youth, but I like college. Like, how is this going to work? <laughs> and then I'm sent to Trinity where I'm doing youth. And then I meet you guys. And then it's like, oh, but you can do college too. Mm-hmm. But the space between was this place where for me in a new everything and and just trying to figure out what I'm doing, that was where I was refilled. That was mm-hmm. where I was learning and growing so that I could give my very best to my kids, for mm-hmm. to my youth students. Mm-hmm. And so that they could have the community that they needed. And so that our college kids, have, kids could have the community that they needed. So God just uses community to build community and to build community, which is yeah. really, really cool. It's staggering to think about. Yeah. And I had not considered. So we host that was at first. That was at our place in our student center. Until you just said that, I hadn't thought about maybe the impact or the, the, the helpfulness of it not being on your campus or like for Big Mike or Terry or later, you know, there was this kind of consistent influx and outflow of leaders. Um, Mm -hmm. But for you all to be able to get off of your campuses and on into another space. Mm -hmm. um, And, and so we rotated um, teaching series. So I'd teach a series, you teach a series, Michael teach series, Terry teach series. And um, as long as we weren't the ones teaching, it really was an opportunity to be in the room and not have to be at the front of the room, you know, not have to mm-hmm. be on, um, mm-hmm. which goes back to filling some of that void of loneliness and ministry to where you did have time to be refilled and you did, you could, you know, the picture was refilled. So then mm-hmm. you could go on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights and pour out again. So I had not thought about that until this moment. Yeah, well, I, I really, really think one of one of the reasons why I have been at Trinity for as long as I have been is because of the community that helped me be the best that I could be so I could be the best I could be for my kids. Because mm-hmm. so many people in youth ministry, what, the reason why they quit is burnout. Mm-hmm. They just, they can't, it's too much mm-hmm. and they're doing it alone. And I had built in people consistently pouring into me 
and, and having sincere, authentic community and true worship and learning and growing, like really helping foster my relationship with Jesus. And so all of that that I was constantly giving, I could constantly give because I was constantly getting it. Mm-hmm. And then that has been so good for my students. Mm-hmm. And you're a little bit of a unicorn, which I'm sure you like because you love rainbows and unicorns, but you're a little bit of unicorns. I know. Um, You're a little bit of a collection. Oh, I know. I'm well aware. You're a little bit of a unicorn in that um, you've been in the same place overseeing the same student ministry for a decade. And I don't know mm-hmm. what the numbers are anymore. I haven't um, looked at it, you know, in years, uh, three years at least. But the last time I saw any um, type of um, statistic, it was like the average tenure of a youth pastor in the United States is 18 months, uh, 18 to 24 months, I think. That's the average. Um, and you know, in a sample size of 11 years at first, I saw that in other local churches and working with other student pastors and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. For the longest time, I was the old guy, you know, the one that had been around forever. And, and, uh, but now you are that person. Yeah, now I'm the uh, old guy. So, so what is that like kind of taking on that mantle? Who are you pouring into, um, coming alongside, you know, kind of, kind of giving back the, the Simplify project is all about, you know, cultivating authentic community wherever you find yourself. And, um, I know that, and I'm thankful for, so like Angela, Carol, Melanie, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you always a little nervous to start listing people. I know Craig, when you served under Craig, was um, so influential and just uh, just yeah. just incredible <clears throat> in your life. Um, so it's you know we get we receive we we are poured into. Um, just talk a minute about the importance of authenticity and community, and then who are you pouring into? Like, who are you now trying to, to model that for and coming alongside in ministry? Yeah, so, I mean, definitely always my my students, my 6th <laughs> to 12th graders, for <laughs> sure. Um, especially now more than ever, it it's the changes in – society in the past 10 years have been just crazy. Like the way I did youth ministry 10 years ago does not work. The past three years. Yeah. And so it's definitely a whole different, whole different category of, of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But people always need to know they're seen, they're loved, they're valued, they have worth and and that Jesus is crazy about them. And so Mm -hmm. that constantly trying to pour into the kids that come in and out of the doors for sure. Um, but then there's some who have graduated out of the program, but that are still kind of local mm-hmm. um, and s- still kind of figuring out some are in college and some are doing work and figuring that out. It's, and so I, I want to kind of keep away from naming names. Sure. Um, uh, but there are people who I have felt strongly like, these are 
these are some young women that you need to really be focusing on (laughs) and trying to make a point of spending more time with them and (laughs) encouraging them because it's kind of like they feel a little lost. (laughs) But I see the, the way God is using them and the good in that. But just trying to trying to focus on that because it's it's kind of interesting because uh, your community does kind of shift around. So for so long, some of the people in the space between before they graduated out because of our closeness and age, like those were my people and they're still my people, but our life situations have changed. And so like the people that you're around, like I'm not around Mindy as much as I used to be mm-hmm. or like uh, those all of the people in that category. So the ways that Mindy and I, I feel like would pour into each other, not that we don't anymore, but the ways that we do that, I feel like God's put new people in those areas. Yeah. Probably she could probably say, I can't speak for her, but she could probably say the same thing, but there are, there are some young women in my church or that I know through ministry. And those are the people yeah. Now that I'm trying to really focus on. And we got to get Mindy on. I, I, she sent a text the other day, um, some feedback from the episodes and stuff. And I was like, we got to have you on. Would you be willing to do that? Oh, she'd be so good. Oh, she's amazing in every way, but it was just crickets. So Mindy, I know you're going to watch this and listen to this because it's Brooke. <laughs> Respond to my text. Let's set a date. Mindy, you and, have to do it. Mindy, you'd be so good. You got to give as a teacher and the way she loves her kids. Oh man, it just it's Mindy Lou. I mean, yeah, right. So uh, you said you wouldn't name names. I will. I think about like Jeremy Jenkins. You know, well he's one. He is one of the ones up, up at Hinton, and um, you know, just pouring himself out, giving. He's seen that model. He's been loved well and encouraged. Um, I think about Johnny Bridges. Super um, proud of Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah. The, both of them two together coming alongside helping in youth ministry has been like awesome. Yeah. That and those so are awesome. people that are products of that combined. I mean, the, the, the thing to me that's so beautiful about that is at different seasons, if you ask them if they had a home church, I'm sure they would say one of our churches. But really, it's the community that formed them. It's this coagulation of all of these people, Christians, from different churches, different backgrounds, different experiences, different walks, who have consistently, not like not like a, 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 a burn together, like a match, you know, quick and short, but this elongated pouring mm-hmm. into and this consistent... Um, uh, love, encouragement, you know, at times yeah. edification and correction and, you know, just all the parts and pieces that go into authenticity and, and real relationship. And like Johnny, I think about Johnny, he's helping lead worship with you all on Sunday mornings, but he's working full time for charity at the Brookdale Resource Center. Um, yeah. And then he helps on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights with you. Yeah, so I mean, there's a person not not to blow Johnny up, but just you know, my yeah. point is, we can always, no matter where we're at in this process, no matter if we're in vocational ministry or volunteer ministry or or no formal ministry with a church at all, all of us should be pouring into somebody somewhere at all yeah. times. In my opinion, 
Oh, yeah. And no, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you do for a living, you should be pouring into somebody um, yeah. at all time. And that really is what the Simplify Project is about. Um, it's taken us six years to get concrete on that, um, you know, yeah. to get concrete on this idea of, of giving and pouring and loving well and in spite of ourselves and in spite of others. Um, yeah. I get, I'll name three names. <laughs> okay, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them have been named. Jeremy Jenkins. Yeah. Who was in the youth group. In my youth group, yeah, and he went on a mission trip with us. Um, he he had, I mean, he had barely come to youth, and I'm like, "You're going on this trip? I signed you up." And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, I signed you up. Don't worry, I talked to your mom." And, and so, so, those of you that don't know, Jay is a mountain of a man. Oh yeah, oh, he yeah. is a large human being. We call him Jer Bear. Jer Bear. He's a big. He's a big old teddy bear, but he is he's a huge teddy bear. Play college football, and I mean, yeah, uh, he's a he is a he's a off, tall, big dude. Yeah, offensive um, but, lineman, big guy. But he was in he was in my youth group, and then he then he was part of Space Between, <laughs> and then he started helping with uh, youth ministry. <laughs> and that first trip we went on Hinton. Now he works full time at Hinton. Yeah. Cause he started working there over the summers and now he's got a full-time job. And yeah. so I totally see God at work in that community. Yeah. Um, and he is, and he's not local anymore, but I think the world of Jeremy and still try to serve him in the best that I can and love him the best that I can. Johnny, Hinton, again, as you said, Hinton, not to sidetrack you, but just to throw this in there, Hinton has been Holy ground. That has been a sacred space. Oh, yeah. You talk about community. Like I, oh, we yeah. are, we are, our family, I'm where I am now through relationships from Hinton. And that's yeah. where that's where Jay's working. I mean, he's full time there now, which oh, is he's really full time. Really sweet. So didn't mean to interrupt you. So so from Jeremy to No, John you're right again. though. You're yeah. right though. I mean, Hinton is so special. It's so interesting. There's all of these little pockets of community that intersect and it's because mm -hmm. it all points back to the greater body. And like from, where like, we're getting it right, like where the yeah. church is actually being the church and actually being community. Yeah. All those places intersect and it's just yeah. the body at work. And like from Hinton, we met Ashley Waldrup, who through that we met Gabe Barrett, who mm -hmm. through, you, you know what I mean? Like if you, once yeah. you open that and start to pause and back up and open that box, it's like all of these are Mike Horn, who we have to have on. Um uh, it's like the, that bulletin board with all the strings. Yeah, and a beautiful mind. That Russell Crowe movie, a beautiful mind in the back, in like the weird garage back in the woods, and they open it, and that's all the stuff. That, well, I wasn't thinking that exactly, but yes. I was. It's fascinating. Oh, okay. Because it's relationships. I mean, when yeah. you, oh, when yeah. when we get out of ourselves long enough and, and turn our focus outward instead of inward— and step back and look at the story of God and the story of us, like what God's up to and how God works through relationships is staggering. Mm -hmm. I mean, you never, today could be the day that you meet a person that you're going to be friends with for the rest of your life. And through that connection, who knows what God may do. I mean, 
It's that's all ex- about relationships. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. So, okay, so sorry. Um, actually, I'm not. So, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. So, so John. So, John boy. Yeah, old John boy. So, so you know, he was in your youth group. He was, yeah. And he did our groups did stuff together. So I've known him since I, he was fifteen. Adam um, Adam Sylvester brought him. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, then then he was part of Space Between. Then he moved back home, and so uh, I sent it. I found out he was back home. Sent him a text message like, "Hey, um, come to Space Between. I'll see you Thursday." Mm-hmm. He started coming out of Space Between. Um, I was doing interim uh, youth worship director, mm-hmm. leader. Full disclaimer, I know nothing of music. But you <laughs> can I was, sing like a bird. But I love yeah. worship, yeah. and I can sing. Yeah. And so I was kind of the interim worship leader, and I was like, hey, you want to come and play guitar with us? And so he started playing guitar again and started leading worship, and then that led him into helping with youth ministry. And so it's been really cool to see him utilize his gifts of worship. And um, so, I mean, I guess, I don't know if this is the right phrasing for it, but the gift of socialization, like the gift of of noticing people, engaging with people, um, being there, like there are so many young men in our youth ministry that he has just been able to connect with and mm-hmm. like him and Jeremy were able between the two of them were able to meet able to reach every guy because mm-hmm. of their different interests and stuff and so that mm-hmm. was so cool to watch the past few years um but that's been really cool to see him grow and like the way he helps is phenomenal and both of them help with kids in our city as well our kids ministry um it's kind of like an enrichment ministry that mm-hmm. we meet that elementary school children in our community and then anna huff oh yeah um, Yeah, who was who was your niece she is who who was in my youth our like trinity's youth ministry Mm -hmm. went to uga graduated she's back home doing nursing school and Mm -hmm. she reached out hey can i help with youth ministry i'm like yes you can Mm -hmm. and and she is so busy with nursing school like nursing Mm -hmm. school is so hard and so time consuming and she's she's not able to come every week because she literally can't. But she is there so much, as much as she is able. Mm-hmm. And she's just pouring in yeah. to our kids. And, like, they're all showing them, like, you can, you can live a life that is a good life and a fun life and a cool life, but a life that is all about Jesus. And they're Jesus, like, our, yeah. my kids are seeing that every week. Through these Living young people, down. which is yeah. so Anna, cool. And, of course, I've known Anna since she was a little girl. She is, you know, my niece. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying this just because she's my family. She's incredible. She's incredible. Uh, this past summer, so was our, uh, we went on an extended family beach trip. You know, our, our larger family all went. And uh, it was it was amazing. It was a blessing. I had two days, I think that Anna and I just kind of hung out on the beach talking and, um, to hear her heart, uh, to hear Mm -hmm. the growth in her, um, as a woman, uh, as a Christian, um, the way that she's processing things, uh, what, what Jesus is doing in her life. Um, 
it it mm-hmm. truly my time with Anna truly was the highlight of that vacation for me. Yeah, that's so um, cool. And to she's know just, that, like you just want to be around Anna. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's you she know? is magnetic in that way. But, yeah. Um, so thank you for pouring in to her so consistently for so long. Um, I I could, I could hear you in her, you know, strands of, you know, kind of your theology and the way that you approach ministry. Um, Mm -hmm. so from our family, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but I but love Anna. Anna. Yeah, Anna, if you're listening to this, John Boy, if you're listening to this, Jay, if you happen to catch this, keep on keeping on. Like you got a whole network of people who believe in you and love you, um, mm-hmm. and are and are rooting for you. We're proud of. Oh, yeah. of so you. proud, so proud of y'all. And it is. It's dicey to start listing names. Um, yeah, because I don't want it to turn into like no. Cause, there's a cause we there's could definitely. Be here. Other yeah. people for sure. Yeah. yeah. We could but be also here sometimes for, for a long time talking about talking about those that we're proud of. Yeah. But yeah, I would say I will I will list those three names. Yeah. So yeah. how is the space between now? Tell me about that. So I you know, it's interesting the ebb and flow, the seasons of ministry. Um mm-hmm. we were we were called we removed um out of middle georgia uh which was hard right so that was you talk about you moving to north carolina your senior year you know we moved the boys here um yeah, wick was, was going into his junior year zeke had one year of middle school he had eighth grade i guess and um but uh just to leave out of there and all the depth and all of the relationships and family and friends and friends who are like family. Um, and I, I don't guess, I, I suppose it's selfish. I didn't really think through the ramifications that that would have as far as uh, the space between specifically. It's um, not selfish. Uh, I just didn't think through it. I don't know that my, I mean, you got to be obedient. Um, uh, I don't know that the result would have been different, but I didn't think through that. So, so how is the space between now? I know it's at Trinity. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. So now we meet at Trinity. It's, it's kind of interesting. I'm, I guess I'm like the lone ranger, you know, for for so long, the, the beauty of the space between was that it was shared leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, which was good in a lot of different ways. You know, it was a conglomeration of personalities and ideas and perspectives that were able to constantly be on rotation. So there was no one set way, which is good for people who are college age and young adult trying to figure out and needing to see different ideas and different vantage points. And (laughs) so to have a rotation of, all in line with the same ideas, but different ways of approaching was beautiful and healthy and, and healthy for us as leaders, because that was a place where we were being refilled. So we weren't always at the front of the room, but you know, there's just been changes in leadership with that and, and life changes and people moving and um, the way it's just kind of shaken out is where it was always four or three people leading. Now it's me. Um, it's just me. Mm. So that has been different for sure mm-hmm. and interesting. Um, 
but an opportunity to try to give it back to the group and really equip them mm-hmm. to not just be kind of takers, but to be a part of what that the leadership of that group is. Mm-hmm. So I think that part has been good. And um, I think, I think COVID definitely hit everything, but with space between it, our numbers are definitely smaller than like what they were before COVID for sure. Uh, But I will say that that group, it is a smaller group, but it is very tight and it's been cool to see how God has worked because in that group, there have, there were four people who moved to Warner Robins for work. Um, and they didn't know anybody and they came to the space between and it's from, and, and now those people are like so tight. Their, their friends have come from space between wow. because they sought out a ministry. And so like their community in this new city where they work is because of them coming to space between. So that wow. has been really cool. And then to see them invite people is cool. Which is the career side. So, so often I think, college career gets packed together because you're trying to cover a demographic from like 18 to 26. Mm -hmm. But really usually when people say college career age ministry, what they're saying is, you know, college ministry, but Mm -hmm. to hear that, that there is that career thread. It's people who have, you know, oh, come yeah, to college a- and are in the workforce force or gone and earned a technical certificate or certification, which I am a thousand percent for, mm-hmm. um, and gone into the workforce. Um, it sounds like there is a career thread in that ministry, which I would have to think is healthy. Yeah. There's a big career thread. Yeah, for sure. And, um, so that has been, that is cool. Yeah. That's been going well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, I end every episode, uh, with a question except for Gabe's. I forgot. Sorry, Gabe. Uh Um, but I end every episode with a, a question. How do you keep things simple? So day in, day out, I know you wear many hats and you're pulled in, you're pulled in a lot of directions seemingly Mm -hmm. every day. Um, A lot of days you run out of daylight before you run out of things to do. Um, How, how do you keep things simple? One of the things that I do is I kind of, I work backwards. And what I mean by that is for each day, I look at the overall day because in ministry, my every work day for me is different mm-hmm. um, because programming is different. And so I will look at my day and say, okay, what time am I done today or tonight? Most, what time will I be finished tonight? Mm-hmm. And then I'll look at that point and then I'll work my way backwards so that I'm not working 12 hours every day, which you can easily do mm-hmm. like, okay. And sometimes you just have to work more than eight hours, but I try to say, okay, back it up to eight hours and let that be my start of when I have to be in the office. doesn't mean that I'm not doing ministry because the other morning I was, as soon as I woke up, I was emailing about shirts and I did that for two hours yeah. working out shirts for a retreat. And then I was in the office for eight hours. So, but I try to work my way backwards. So that way, I have 
I try to incorporate many Sabbaths in every day, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, because it's really hard for me to get a zero day. Mm-hmm. But if I can incorporate a mini Sabbath in every day, it mm-hmm. really, really helps me out. What does that so look I, like? What does that include? Um, I like to do the Lectio 365. I don't me know too, if, yeah. if y'all have heard of that, but I really yeah. like to do that in, in my Read Scripture app. And so just like my my worship Devo time, <laughs> um, taking an hour to drink my coffee. <laughs> You know, like, no kidding. That's the <laughs> that, that's the realest thing you've said the whole episode. But just trying to take that time for me and where I don't have to be on and I don't have to be in front of anybody and I can still be at the house and take it easy before I know it's about to just get crazy town. Awesome. So I that I do that every day. I look at what time will I be finished today. And then what time does my official, and that doesn't mean that I'm not working because it, it, ministry is a way of life. It's not work. It's a way of life. But oh, believe me, I know. But when it comes to like when I need to be at the church and in office and that sort of thing, work my way backwards and then, okay, so I have this much time just for me. And, mm-hmm. and this is where I'm going to spend time with God and worship this is where I'm going to do what I need to do. And so it's not just this constant it never ends sort of thing. Awesome. I think that's one of the biggest ways I do it. To keep things simple. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. If you can't get a full day, if you can't get a Sabbath to create that, to be intentional, to create that space and time uh, mm-hmm. to get along with God, to stay in your rhythms, to allow the spirit of God to refill you so that you've got something to pour. All of that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So thank you for coming on. I mean, we could, uh, we could, we could do this. I could do this the whole day just about. So, um, but thanks. Oh, yeah. I know that my expectation is this will probably be one of the most listened to watched episodes uh, that we do uh, because you are so good to people and have been for so long. And yeah, well, uh, I, ho- hopefully when people hear this, they are encouraged in some way, you know, yeah. I, I don't want my story to be like, man, she's talked about herself, but I, had, I just, God has yeah. been so good and has blessed me with amazing parents with a dad who has been so selfless in the way he's lived a mom who has been so selfless in the way she teaches. And that community and family was so important to me literally since birth that I've just always tried to be family to whoever you can meet. And so mm-hmm. Be family to people. Like if you're going to take anything away from this, be what you always loved or treasured about what you had in family or what you wanted in family that you didn't get. Like be family to people because that's being Jesus to people (laughs) and lives are changed. (laughs) Through relationships. All about relationships. So thank you so much for letting me be on and talk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we will talk to you soon. I love you. Uh, thank you. you. Yeah, yeah, see you. You're welcome. Bye.